Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. very excited about what we're doing today. We just finished our 2023 vision series last week. I agree with Mark with what he was saying about God just pouring in and moving, uh, bringing people from all of these different places. And God is just doing phenomenal work at this church. We just concluded this vision series and we finished last week talking about the next generation. And I know that meant a lot to those of you in here Uh, that have kids, that are concerned about your kids, that are concerned about the culture and the direction that our culture is going. And that's something that is very important that Christians need to take note of. I don't know how much you guys have been paying attention. It's starting to get national attention. But this revival that's going on at Asbury University is absolutely transforming and and, and just changing uh, the lives of people in uh, Gen Z. This is a student-led movement. And it's really important that you understand that because it's starting to scatter into some other places. I'm going to make an attempt uh, to travel there tomorrow before I go to another area of Kentucky just because I, I want to get in on this. I've got some, some FOMO, some fear of missing out. And I, just, I really need to experience this myself with what, with what is going on here. So I hope that I'm able to do that. But I'm very excited about the direction at this church with the next generation, with both our students and also our kids ministry. Uh, Shout out to those who serve in student ministry and kids ministry. So what we decided that we wanted to do today is we wanted to take just a little bit of time uh, to speak with the individual that's leading our students, also our creative director, uh, Roger Bailey, because we don't get to see a lot on Sunday mornings what's going on on Wednesday nights with our students. So I think it's very important that we're able to have a conversation about that. If you have a kid that falls anywhere into the age range of 6th grade to 12th grade, I highly recommend uh, that you get your kids here on Wednesday nights. It's one of the most important things they're ever going to be part of. Say the same thing about our kids' ministry. We have a, a wonderful kids' ministry, and we want your kids to be able to take, uh, take part in learning on their level. So without further ado, what I'm going to do is ask Roger to go ahead and come up and we're going to talk just a little bit today. You guys give Roger a hand for his work. We, okay. we, I, told, I told Ryan to play a theme song, but he didn't. It's okay. It's awkward now. Yeah. It's all right. Good I morning. don't know if I would have even been ready for that. I'm just, I didn't really ask him that. I'm just kidding. Okay. I should have though. Well, did, One thing that's a little bit different about this story is that we're not getting as much into where things are personally with Roger. I mean, I am going to ask him a few things about how he came to know Jesus. But a lot of times whenever we have a story, it's about certain things that people have been through, very difficult moments in their life that have then turned into praise. Uh, The last story that we had up here, a lot of you remember with, with, with Michael or Mook and Harley, 
Uh, we talked about uh, infertility. We prayed over them, and little did some of us know that were in the room. They had just found out within a matter of days that they were pregnant, and their baby is due in May. And we are so so excited about that. So maybe something good will happen to you as well after you know after this conversation. But uh, the place that I wanted to start this morning as we talk about our student ministry again. Sometimes we don't do a very good job, especially if we primarily, uh, primarily look at a, a Sunday church service of highlighting the lunchroom project or neighborhood nights or some of these other things that if you're newer at the church, you may not even know are actually going on in our church. So whenever we're talking about the next generation and some of the statistics, uh, statistics that we talked about last week, obviously things of concern um, I wanted to bring in Roger. Roger is new to student ministry and also talk to him about some of the things that are starting to shape what, are going, uh, what is going on on Wednesday nights. So the first thing that I want to ask Roger is uh, the most important thing. Um, how did he come to know Jesus? And also, because I think whenever we talk about a call into ministry, regardless if it's, if it's some kind of outreach ministry uh, like before church, uh, Tina, whenever we were talking about the evangelism stuff, if it's pastoral ministry, if it's student ministry, kids ministry, whatever this may look like, there are so many different categories. I want to know kind of what in his heart uh, led him toward this particular age group. So Roger, first, um, share with our people a little bit about your upbringing and, and how you began and developed a relationship with Jesus. And then um, in just a minute, how did you sense a calling into youth or student ministry? Sure. Um, thanks for having me up here to talk about youth. I really appreciate it. Um, as far as how I came to know God, I remember being, I mean, as far back as I can remember, really, I, I guess you could say I was a, a Christian or so I thought I was for a while when I was little, but I remember in a, the basement of a small Pentecostal church in Elizabeth and um, I gave my life to God. Uh, but the thing about it was at that time, I grew up like terrified of God and more than like a God of love and mercy and grace and all this. It was just, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. Um, so I, I was like literally terrified of God growing up. And so in return, I kind of walked away from it. Uh, you know, at some point, my family quit going to church. I quit you're going probably to church. the only one in here that's had that experience. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. just uh, go, go ahead. Yeah. And then um, and then I got we had a couple we had a couple classmates die in an automobile accident when I was in high school. And um, I mean, it shook the school to its core. It was horrible. And I got plugged into a youth group in Elizabeth and at a different church. And um, I mean, it was some of the best times of my life. It was, um, I met really, really, really great friends. Um, I mean, I'm still in contact with a lot of those people and had a really great youth pastor, which is a great group. And I mean, I remember my whole life, I felt like I was called into, into ministry, youth ministry, and, but I just always ran from it. You know, I was like, he can't use me. Um, I just didn't think that he could use me, you know, and I ran and I ran and I ran. And then pretty recently, um, as in like probably within the last um, three to four years is when I fully surrendered. Um, let me, let me stop okay. you there with the running, because I think that's kind of an experience for that. A lot of us have, he said that he ran because he didn't feel good enough. I ran because I didn't think any of it was real. So, so there's a, a difference in, in why we run. So if you don't mind and, and just be as vulnerable as you feel like you should be in the moment, like why did you not feel good enough 
or or what did this running kind of look like, and how long did it last? Well, okay, let's get real. Um, <laughs> church hurt. It's real. And um, shortly after high school, I played in a couple um, rock and roll bands in the Tri-Cities and um, started getting tattooed, and um, I would go to a lot of churches, and literally I would be completely ignored. Like, no one would talk to me. Um, I finally found, I started playing bass at a worship band in, um, in Elizabeth and Johnson City border. And, um, the youth loved me when I would play over in their building on, on Wednesday nights or whatever. But when it came time to go to church on Sundays, literally no one would speak to me. Um, very judged, um, not loved on at all. And, um, I mean, whenever the church is doing that to you, it really makes you wonder like, well, how if, I mean, if I can even be loved on by the people in this room, then how can God use me? So, I mean, really, that's what it was, the church hurt. Yeah. I, and, and I think that's, I mean, that's real. Yeah, yeah. And then as far as, like, being called into student ministry, like, fully surrendering to it, I remember um, I started making these videos, like, a few years ago, on, and I would just post them on Facebook or whatever, just, like, quick minute-and-a-half, three-minute talks, talking about different things, and that's how you and I actually connected. And then Abigail and I, my wife, we went to a conference in, um, in Pigeon Forge. And uh, there was like um, Hillsong Young and Free played and, and they, they led worship one night. Then like Kanye Sunday service was there the next Sunday or that next day. And like there was, my goal when I went there was not to lead anybody to God in that moment, like literally. And like there was such an outpouring of students after the first band uh, played. They're like, they were like, we need more people. So like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll go. So like I, I was able to walk back there in a the back room. And I mean, there was like hundreds. I want to say it was like, I mean, it was probably like five, six, 700 kids, students, uh, teenagers, 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds, just giving their heart to God. And uh, at that moment, like I got to walk several of those through that. And um, I mean, that's whenever it was like a light bulb went off, you know? And um, doors started opening. I started praying about it. Like I fully surrendered, like God use me, you know, like well, if you want me in student ministry, if you want me just whatever, just use me. Like, I, I basically wrote a check. I basically signed a check without anything at all on it. And, um, and then, like, I started meeting with all these people. Like, this, these people at a church from Knoxville reached out to me about student ministry at a campus they were planting in Bristol. And then, like, um, a couple other pastors reached out to me. You reached out to me uh, about some creative stuff. And then here we are now. Yeah. And I, I think one important thing to point out, and, and wherever Mark is, there he is right there, Mark that did announcements. One, one thing that he had said to me recently that I'd never considered was student ministry is a specific calling. And a lot of times in churches, what happens is someone feels like eventually they're supposed to be a lead pastor or a senior pastor, but they're just a little bit too young. So they place them in a student pastor role when really they're not equipped with to to work with students and to understand students and to deal with students it's a very very unique very special calling because i was at a conference one time and and the person that was speaking they said how many of you before you became a senior pastor you were a student pastor and over 75 percent of the hands in the room came up and that doesn't necessarily even mean they they lived into that calling instead it was like a stepping stone to get to where they were actually supposed to be so understanding very directly uh, what you're called to do, I think is very, very important. And there's also some trial and error where you're, when you're trying to figure that out, when you're, you know, we've talked about spiritual gifts and things like that. So um, 
Yeah, so that's, that's just something to point out. I'm glad you said that specifically because I do think it's a special calling. It's something I, as you know very well, do not have. Yeah, but, he makes it, he, yeah, yeah. Matt makes it very awkward for the students when he comes around. Oh, yeah. When I come and speak to the students, it, it's so weird. And even when he's out in public and he sees them, I hear it's kind of weird, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, you, you do not want someone in student ministry. Like, if I know where they work, you don't want me coming. Like, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, anyway, um, with, with, that, with that calling specifically, because I also think it's a very special calling because we see so many people um, exchanging truth and exchanging this kind of life for other things. So, the ability uh, to work with a team and to be able to speak into the next generation, it's just changed. And all of you know that it's changed. If you're a school teacher, you know that it's changed. If you're a parent, you know that it's changed. It looks very different. So what we did last year was we started to put together a new vision and a new mission for our student ministry. And that's something we want to talk about for just a second. What I would like for Roger to do so that you guys have an understanding of what's going on on Wednesday nights is talk just a little bit about what our vision looks like, and then also maybe kind of walk through kind of what your typical Wednesday night looks like, even though those, those may vary just a little bit. So share with us what our student ministry looks like from a vision perspective, like what we're really trying to do and how that lines up with, with our church's vision. And then also here in a second, we'll get to kind of walking through a Wednesday night. Okay. I'll talk about the vision here in a second. First, I want to shout out um, the team that we have, which is Mason, Corey, and Rob. Rob's, I think Rob's in Utah watching online. So shout out to you guys. I love you guys. Couldn't do it without y'all. So thanks again. Um, as far as the vision goes, could you guys put up that first slide, um, please? There we go. All right. This one is cut off. Okay. So the vision is no grow and go, uh, which is no Jesus. Uh, we want these students to, to come into a natural relationship with Jesus, uh, grow in your faith. So the word faith is used like over 300 times in the Bible. So I feel that's very important for them to actually grow in their faith, especially in a world where we have so much influence and TikTok and everywhere else is trying to tell you uh, what Christianity is and it's not always good theology. And then uh, go, which is, um, I feel the most important. Matthew talks about, um, and Matthew talks about the ultimate um, commission is going to make a disciple. So that's kind of just a quick walkthrough of the, of the vision. And then if you guys want to go to the uh, next one, to the values. There we go. So Matt came up with these. And they're actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, they all rhyme. So good job with that. Um, I'm going to read off this a little bit. It's a gift. Yeah, I guess. Uh, first one is application, uh, which is important. We will study scripture and apply it in teachings. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Wednesday nights in a minute, but that's application. Invitation speaks for itself. Uh, we will relentlessly invite people to join us on Wednesdays. Uh, transformation. I mean, if you get a relationship with God, then you're transformed, period. You know, so that kind of goes in with that. And then participation. Uh, we want our students to serve uh, here on Sundays and in the community. And that's just quickly going over those values. And then Wednesday nights. What? I, I want to mention this, Roger, because okay. this is a, a conversation that he and I had early along as, as this was developing. Um, if you're wondering what the two biggest indicators are of a, we'll say a 15-year-old and their relationship with Jesus, like making it through the first, the first year of college tends to be the year that most leave the faith. 
because all of a sudden they see this brand new existence. They've got, you know, college professors, you know, a lot of times telling them very different things that contradict uh, what we see in Scripture. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not against all of these things. I have a, a liberal arts education, and my college experience was, was wonderful and something that I, I really enjoyed and I still use today. But the two biggest areas as far as creating that firm foundation before they go into school, if you, if you see this application part, uh, what this is really suggesting is that it's very, very important that students start to learn how to read the Scripture and practice it on their own. And believe it or not, based on what you've heard, they're not as bored with it as you might think they are. They have a lot of questions, even if they want to shoot down things. They have like a lot of questions. Why does the Bible say this about this? Well, this doesn't seem fair. Why does the Bible say that? And a lot of times it's the other way around. Um, Going to God for anxiety, going to God for comfort, understanding. I'm not talking about just knowing all of the Bible stories. I'm talking about a place that you can go to that creates the foundation. And then that last one, participation, something that Roger and I talked about a lot, was the other one is that students today, Gen Z and also Alpha, are very consumed with making a difference in the world that they live in. It's more important than them uh, to them than probably any other generation. So outreach and the things that we do in the community, if it looks like a mission trip, if it looks like something local that we're doing in the, in the trailer park right down the road, being able to be around people that are not like them and know that they're making a difference in the lives of other people. So if you're wondering what the sticky foundations are for for our students, it really has to do with the depth of Scripture that they're, they're willing to go there. And then number two, something they do physically um, in, the, in the community. And also with the participation part, what they do in the church, serving with other, other adults that are helping them along and building those connections. So uh, it was fun, you know, doing all this. So you're going to say Wednesday yeah, nights? Wednesday nights. Um, Wednesday nights are... They're kind of fluid right now. They're kind of changing. We're, we're kind of trying to figure out exactly what it looks like. So, like last year, I spoke from stage a lot. And um, we had, uh, okay, yeah. It's a good-looking crew, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Wednesday, like last year, I spoke from stage a lot. This year, we're kind of doing more of like a large group uh, where we just kind of go, we pick a topic, we go over it. Uh, like this last Wednesday, we talked about fear uh, I had all the students write Fear Not um, on an index card, and I encouraged them to to look at the Scripture. There's 365 times in the Bible that it talks about fear, so I encourage them to do that. Um, every Wednesday night when we come in, it starts at 6.30. Uh, I know there's a, some teenagers in here right now that doesn't come here on Wednesday, so a quick plug. Uh, Wednesday's at 6.30, uh, so this Wednesday we're having uh, pizza. We usually do the last Wednesday of the month, but... Uh, Next Wednesday, we're having Ash Wednesday, so we're not having uh, service on the 22nd. But this Wednesday, 6.30, we're going to have pizza. We always usually have pizza or a snack really quick. Uh, we play a game of some sorts, and then we get into the, the message or the group, and then we dismiss at 8. Um, but as far as kind of what it looks like, last year, like I said, I, I talked from stage, and we had uh, we had four salvations last year in, in student ministry. The the good side about the only good thing about speaking from stage versus like speaking in a large group is students are a little more vulnerable to raise a hand when you ask them to um, at the end when you're done. So I'll probably definitely still do that uh, probably quarterly. But right now these large groups I think are working out well, 
And, I mean, that's basically just a, a quick run through of what Wednesday nights look like. How does a, because I know, but um, how does a new kid feel if, if and I think one of, the, one of the parts of this is the intimidation of like, um, I think for our kids' ministry and our student ministry, I often talk about the fifth grade, sixth grade overlap where kids are going from, from student, I'm sorry, kids' ministry on Sunday mornings to then student ministry on Wednesday nights. Um, how, what are some ways that you guys go about trying to make new kids feel welcome and stuff like that? Yeah, I think we do a great job with that. Right now, on average, we're averaging about seven students every Wednesday that don't actually come to church here on Sundays. Um, Anytime that I know that someone new is, is going to be joining us, I message, especially like if it's a new girl, like I message all the girls in here, like Emma and Taylor and, and Destiny and Callie's, both Callie's, and like all of them. I'm like, hey, um, this girl's coming. Make sure you make her feel welcome. <laughs> and uh, the last two new girls we got make everyone else feel welcome, I think. I mean, they're great. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we do a really good job of that. Like when I first when I first came in and before we started building up, it was like you had um, like you know, typical with students, you had like your little groups, you know, um, some groups sitting in this, in this little alley is what I call it here. Some groups sitting at the couches, some groups kind of standing around over here. And, uh, I mean, we really took a lot of time last year to, to have a lot of fun really to the main reason to do that is to get people to know each other more and to open up more and, and talk. And, and now, I mean, it's amazing now. Like whenever you come in on Wednesdays now, like, I mean, everyone talks, you'll still have, you know, Jared and Sean and, and some of the guys, out playing basketball for a few minutes, kind of doing their own thing. But overall, I mean, it's just, I mean, the more the merrier, like bring them on. We love on them and, and hopefully they come back. That, that's actually, I was hoping you would say that. I, I didn't know if you would or not, but uh, because that question wasn't one that I planned on asking him. But whenever we do have a, a parent reaches out, you know, what's your student ministry like? Maybe it's a family that goes to another church and they're, kids, they don't have a student ministry or not one that's, that's got a lot of kids in it, or they, they don't like it. I mean, we talked last week about cyberbullying and, and, and bullying, and, and that actually happens, you know, even at, at church and youth groups. And so I think one of my favorite things, and I don't know if I've told you this or not, if I, if I haven't, I should have, uh, but the fact that if we have, for example, a new girl that comes on on Wednesday nights, he'll reach out to other girls in the group and say, you know, please, whatever you do, she's planning on coming. She's going to be nervous. Uh, try to make her feel welcome. Try to, try to feel her, uh, try to make sure that she feels loved. And then the retention rate, as far as kids coming back, tends to be pretty high. Yeah. And I mean, we, you know, kids have lots of events. Again, we're, we're always competing with other stuff, but, but to see it grow in a really healthy way. And then an, another thing that I mentioned to you, uh, we all have our little, our little cliques sometimes. It's not a very healthy thing, but our little friend group that we talk to. And I think kids, just because sometimes a level of insecurity uh, can also do the same thing. But it is kind of cool because I don't get to be here very often because I'm on, in, in Kentucky on Wednesday nights to see all of the kids like talking and, and seeing that those relationships are building together in a really strong way. And, and unless a kid chooses to kind of be an outlier and, and be a little bit more distant, it's just not the case otherwise. So that's something I think that's been very, uh, very important to me. Anything else you want to say about Wednesday nights that you think are important? Um, 
No, just again, if you're a student in here and you don't come on Wednesday nights, I see you guys in here. You can't hide from me. Just this Wednesday, 630, uh, try to come out. Um, also, if you're a student in here, Instagram, quick plug, at BelieversYTH. Um, you'll see the YTH. I don't know. That's cool, I guess, now. Um, but, yeah, just follow us on there and um, come and have fun, eat pizza, and let's learn a little bit more about Jesus. So that's cool. That's all. Okay, so if you had to name, and I, I don't know that Roger and I would say the exact same thing, but based on his experience talking to students, and, and one thing that's very important to us at Believer's Church, and it should be important at any church, is confidentiality. So whenever students reach out to him, obviously he's never going to identify uh, who that is. It's hard enough to get kids to trust you. <laughs> so you've got to try to keep that trust when you can. But what are two of the biggest issues, and this can be middle school or high school, that you feel like a lot of the kids are talking to you about um, right now, that, that they seem to be facing in school? Yeah, I mean, there's several. Um, but I'll just pick a few. I would say mental health is a big one. Anxiety, depression, huge, uh, especially after COVID. It's a really big thing. I've dealt with that as well, so I can relate. Um, influence. I mean, when you have literally a culture that that hates God, I mean, for the most part. And like I said, you can, like I'll spend time, more time than I should on my phone scrolling through TikTok. And just some of the theology you see on there is just horrible. But students don't know that. You know, if they're looking for something, which a lot of them are, like you said, the studies show that Gen Z, they want to know the scripture. They want to know the truth. They, they don't want you to sugarcoat it. They don't care about anything else. Like, we're coming back that they want that. And when you're scrolling through there and you see a 60-second clip of somebody saying something that's totally not correct, I mean, they hang on to that. So I would say influence with everybody telling you who you should be, what you should be, where you should be. And then also um, really just... Fitting in, um, again, in the culture we live in. So, I mean, that's just a few of them. I mean, there's tons of things we could talk about, but, I mean, that's just a few of them. So you said the mental health issues that kids are going through, which yeah. we, we kind of touched on last week. Um, and you said, like, identity, like trying to determine who they are with all these other voices telling them who they, who they should be. And then you said influence. Yeah. What does that mean? Like trying to be like, like wanting to be accepted? Yeah. Like I have, like I had one student reach out to me, like asking how to handle situations at school, like as a Christian, when their friends are acting a certain way and, and they shouldn't, or their, or their friend says that they're a Christian, but they're disappointing them and not acting that way at school. You know, like how do, how did they handle that? And just, yeah, things like that. Like how to influence other people. Okay. Okay. And then um, what do you believe are the two most important things we can teach? And I think this is something, there, there might be a lot of different answers for some of you that are parents or, or your parents, but your kids are older. And maybe you're not a parent, but, but what would you say are the two most important things that we can teach the leaders of tomorrow? So if we're talking about Believer's Church um, and not just students, but also in our kids' ministry, what are the two biggest things that we could teach them from a faith-based perspective? Um, I'll say one thing that kind of encompasses a lot of things, and I'll, I'll break it down. I would say, and it's one of my biggest things, um, I feel like, is being bold. And when I say that, it's not just, hey, just go be bold. I mean, like, be bold in prayer. Uh, be bold in, 
in your alone in your quiet time in scripture. Uh, be bold in your discipleship. Uh, be bold in in the way that you act everywhere. Like I think you should be the same person everywhere that you are. Um, I feel like like I said earlier, in a culture that that just can't stand what we're doing here. I mean, they 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 just can't. It's it's everywhere. It's nothing new. It's been around. It's getting worse. There's a bigger platform for it now with social media. But I say that we're not living in a world where you can just not be bold anymore. I feel like you have to be bold in your faith. Like I said, bold in your discipleship, telling people about God, um, scripture, prayer. Just be bold. We live in a we live in a world that's fatherless. Not only in the home, but like spiritually. Like I mean, there's a lot of people that don't know anything at all about God. There's a lot of students that's never heard about God. And uh, I feel like when we're walking the halls at school, if we're at a ball game or at the mall or on social media or wherever we're at, I think that if, if we're not bold, I think we're doing everything else, just a huge in, in, you know, injustice. Well, and I think the tension that you mentioned with that, when you mentioned one of the biggest problems is um, acceptance yeah. and influence because, I mean, I can remember how hard it was uh, to practice faith whenever you have a crush on this particular girl or you think there's a particular group of people that are going to make fun of you. And I, like we said last week when we talked about the next generation, that pressure is greater. I mean, it's been magnified in a way that I think in some ways does make me feel um, more unrelatable than I've ever been. And maybe some of you feel that way if you're just being desperately honest because things have changed so much in just such a short period of time that, you know, some of you, maybe you've just been out of high school for eight years or 10 years and you, you notice how much it's, it's changed uh, just in that short period of time. So I, I think that boldness, Paul talks about that occasionally, especially in his, in his letter to the Romans. Um, but is there anything else that you would say that you want to add about, about student, student ministry? And then I'll, I'll kind of close this up. Anything else that you want to add? Um, I'll just add that I just want to shout out all the students that, that are serving. I mean, you see it all around. If, if you come to Believer Church at all, then, I mean, chances are you've seen a student at some capacity, and whether it's um, serving in kids or back here in the sound, or, I mean, there's just shout out to all the kids that do serve. If you're a kid that comes on Wednesday nights, um, reach out to me. I'd love to get you connected somewhere to serve, um, whether it be um, guest services or, or wherever. I mean, we'd love to have you serve. And um, also, I just also want to say, um, well, I don't know if we have time, but I was going to talk about the discipleship really quick that we're doing. But um, I'm discipling a, a couple of our students this year. I'm not going to say any names, but um, it's a slow process because discipling students are a little different than discipling, you know, an adult. So it's going great so far. Um, it's going awesome. People are opening up, being 100 percent honest, uh, even when they say things you don't want to hear. I mean, that's good that they're being honest and and trusting you and. Um, I just can't wait to see where these two students are a year from now. And hopefully they're discipling people. Okay, awesome. Let's give Roger a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can go down. Uh, one thing that I want to mention, I'm not, I feel funny still sitting here by myself. Uh, one thing that I want to mention as we close, if the band wants to go ahead and come up, they can, is that the thing, again, and this is the overlap that I never saw as a necessary or good overlap between being a sociologist and being a pastor. I never really understood how those two could work together. But they work together in a pretty, in a pretty magnificent way, especially if you study the sociology of religion. 
And I think the biggest phenomenon that we could point out, and this is, this is not new, okay? This is something that's been around for a pretty good period of time, is that our kids will often accept Christ and become Christians whenever they're young. And then, and this church is no exception to this, what happens is, is we enter a period of our late teens and 20s in which we absolutely lose our minds. I mean, it didn't take long for everything that I was brought up with to completely unravel and turn into an alcoholic atheist. Uh, m- most of the way through, it, all the way through my 20s with alcoholism, uh, but most of the way through with, with my belief that there was, that, that we have felt as if we had enough proof, as if there was no God, agnostic for a period of time, and then this evolved into atheism. But then what you sometimes start to see is, is parents, people will become parents, and then they'll all of a sudden say, you, some of you said it, well, I need to get the kids in church. So there's this period around like 28, 29, 30 years old where we come back. But often when we come back, we're, we're just kind of coming back. Like we're not actually becoming disciples and we're not actually pouring deeply in. There's just something that's deeply American that tells us we should raise our kids in church. Like that's kind of what it is. It's kind of an American idea. So this is what I actually want us to pray about this morning Because I think this is where the great problem has happened. If you were to look at this church, this church would not be an exception. You got a ton of kids. They're they're running around everywhere. You got a lot of teenagers. And then you got a lot of people that are in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, their 70s, their 80s, and their 90s. Let's not lose the ones in their 20s. Let's focus on that for just a second. If you're bold enough, if you're not, if you're not, I completely understand. But if you're in your 20s, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. Would you just raise your hand? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's actually pretty good. Your dad, dad had his hand up. We got, okay. So we actually have 11 that are in here this morning. That is actually pretty high. Okay. Because there is this, this pattern of, born into it, didn't have a choice. I've got my own way now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break free. And then I'm going to come back because I don't want my kids to turn into heathens or, or, or whatever it is. But what I want us to pray about this morning, you guys can use this altar. If there's anybody that needs to come up and pray for any other reason, that's what we're here for. We want you to be able to do that. And we greatly appreciate you being here today. Father, we come to you this morning just grateful for who you are, grateful for the work that you're doing at Believer's Church. And God, the prayer that we have in our hearts this morning, Father, is another cry out for the next generation. Uh, Father, we do believe in Orthodox Christianity, meaning that there is one way. Uh, We do believe in Orthodox Christianity, meaning that sin is a reality. And Father, that the good life, the thriving life, is when we are found in a deep relationship with you. Our sense of identity, our sense of who we are, our sense of ultimately who we are to be that carries on into eternity, that lasts because nothing else lasts. Father, we pray over what remains. And as we talk about anxiety and depression, as we talk about skepticism, as we talk about the inadequacy that so many people feel and the numbness and us just going to another screen after screen after screen. 
Father, as I recently heard it say, God's not boring. We are. We've just not tapped into the reality of the, what this relationship looks like because we want to keep everything that we can on the surface. Father, forgive us. We come to you with a repentant heart today and we pray for a Holy Spirit revival and awakening among our kids. And Father, we pray that you make us the parents that we are supposed to be. Father, pour our hearts out on this day. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.